We're not real brothers, we're sports brothers, and this week, the Blue Deuce, Brad Keselowski's on the show, Gritty is innocent, and Andy Reid should get cheeseburgers for life. Here we go. This is Sports Brothers, coming to your ear holes and eye holes from the Parish Healthcare Podcast Studio. Hey everyone, welcome to the February 5th edition of Sports Brothers. I'm Joe Kepner. he's Christian Brewey. We're going to talk a little bit about the NFL and the Super Bowl and get into our Sports Brothers of the Week. We've got Degenerate Brothers. We're gambling on the XFL, everyone, all right? I hope you're coming with us on this journey because it's going to be a good one. And then we've got Brad Keselowski, NASCAR driver, NASCAR championship driver, getting ready for the Daytona 500 coming up here in uh, two, weeks. two weeks. And uh, he was on the show, and we'll get to his interview in a little bit. We'll start with Sports Brothers of the Week, and I'll go first. And my first is Gritty, the what do you monster the, yeah the, the mascot for the philadelphia flyers the greatest mascot in all of sports history in my opinion at, at for a bit it could have been infamous if yes. this would have turned out poorly. yes he uh he's been cleared of all charges he was accused of hitting a kid a 13 year old <laughs> um who the the father of this kid said that gritty tapped or the kid tapped gritty on the head and gritty a grown man in a mascot suit turned around and ran at the kid full speed and punched him and caused injuries. He said that he didn't take his kid to the hospital until a week later, though, and then there was a big investigation. The police in Philadelphia said that um, they didn't say he didn't hit the kid, but they said that whatever he did do did not amount to <laughs> criminal charges. So whatever that means, um, Gritty is innocent. Gritty is cleared of all charges, cleared the good name of Gritty. Also, I thought it was interesting. None of the articles I ever read mentioned the name of the guy in the Gritty suit. They always treated him as though Gritty was an actual being. And I thought that was perfect that they did that. I, I see that he's back to his old tricks. Uh, the latest Gritty news is that uh, he was schooling some nuns in basketball uh, yesterday up in Philadelphia. So, you know, not letting that slow him down, not letting the off court off rink issues yep. slow him down he's back to his old tricks and he's playing nuns in basketball i'm just glad his legacy is clean still good yeah. for gritty speaking of legacy andy yes. reed how about that your sports brother of the week yes adds the lombardi trophy to his list of accomplishments super bowl championship obviously the kansas city chiefs winning the super bowl uh, 54 down in miami on sunday night uh, come from behind win incredible game much better than last year's between the patriots and the rams but so after 21 seasons as a head coach, he finally gets the Super Bowl to cement his legacy. He was already yeah. sixth all-time in wins, was already going to Canton as a Hall of Famer, but it's that Dan Marino-style thing of, oh, well, he never won the big one, and not everyone wanted to hold that against him. And you could see the sheer joy on his face, on everyone else's face. I think, I think Patrick Mahomes may have been happier for Andy Reid getting the Super Bowl than he was for himself winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, and, and then he says, uh, when asked if he spent the night with the trophy, he he said, I didn't spend the night with the trophy, I spent it with my trophy wife. And whatever you think about a man calling his wife a trophy wife, uh, it's very obvious that they have a very loving and great relationship, yes. and he's very faithful and loyal to her, and um, and she's very important to him, and I thought that was just a really cool way of uh, of sharing what's important in his life with the world. But I think everyone also took it down a path of, oh, Andy Reid slept with his trophy <laughs> wife instead of the Super Bowl trophy, the Lombardi yes. trophy, because America is just a very naughty place. And yes. 
why did we have to go down that way? But he also probably had a double cheeseburger, triple cheeseburger, maybe the Baconator to celebrate because, yeah, yeah, I don't think he drinks, but he does enjoy a cheeseburger to celebrate. All right, and then my second sports brother of the week, also with the Kansas City Chief, Derek Naughty. He used to be a Speaking of Naughty. Yeah, Naughty. There's our segue. (laughs) Slightly different spelling, yeah. (laughs) Uh, But he, uh, former Florida State football player, he's a Chiefs lineman now, won the Super Bowl, and then paid the adoption fees for more than 100 dogs at a local Kansas City animal shelter. Um, He had already kind of guaranteed that uh, every win they got, he was going to pay for the adoption fees for a dog each time. But then winning the Super Bowl, he said, you know what, screw it. I'm just going to, the whole shelter, we're going to find these animals a home. And every dog before that that he had donated the adoption fees for had been adopted out. So hopefully all 100 of these animals will also get adopted out but i just think you know it's great awesome story i mean i think it was, yeah. a, it was a great week for dogs because you also had the motorworks brewing company out of uh west florida um they're actually going to open a brewery here in downtown orlando soon they've been putting shelter dogs on their beers did you see this story yeah and some woman saw the viral story didn't have one of their beers or anything but just saw the viral story saw the can it was like her dog and she's from iowa or minnesota or yeah. something somehow the dog had traveled all the way down here to Florida and, and went missing reunited. like two or three years earlier, yeah. right? Yeah. So he's just been living the the homeward bound lifestyle or something on the road. I don't know. It was pretty crazy. But yeah, good good week for dogs. Good week for dogs. And if you want to endear yourself to Americans, do something nice for a dog. Because for some reason, we love dogs more than we love people, especially on <laughs> social media. So he, Derek Nadi, probably uh, a hero to everyone now for you know taking care of some dogs. Exactly. Good for him, man. All right, my uh, the last sports brother of the week made a big you know splash at the super bowl without being in the super bowl uh, for the first time in a while that's tom brady had everyone in a tizzy due to the cryptic photo that he posted on social media uh everyone didn't know is he walking into the stadium is he walking out of the stadium is this his retirement did he forget to type out a caption what the hell is going on with tom brady it was the blue or gold dress it was the yanni or the laurel yeah uh, i definitely thought he was walking out Everyone else is like lightening up the photo and Instagram <laughs> using other filters. I mean, people were going next level uh, Sherlock Holmes on this photo. And then we finally realized he was just posting a photo uh, from his Hulu ad because that's where he's going. He's not going anywhere, he says, which has led to more confusion, though. Does that mean he's staying in New England or he's still going to be playing in the NFL? Who knows? I think this is just another example of anything you see on social media in the two weeks before the Super Bowl. If it's a celebrity and it's a big announcement, it's just a Super Bowl ad. And we're going to learn our lesson someday with that because it happens every year, I feel like. But the nut really died. The nut really died and then was reborn or something? baby nut or something? Yeah. Is that it? Yeah, and they did hashtag baby nut, which... Man, that uh, that led to some things. It's great, <laughs> I, but I do I, real quick back to Brady. Is he the goat troll, or is he the troll goat, or is it just goat greatest of all trolls? Well, how much credit does Brady get for it, and how much does Hulu get for it? Because I doubt Brady came up with the idea, right? Like whoever Hulu's uh, ad agency smart. is, he's pretty smart, and he's he's done stuff <clears throat> like this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe he did. Did you see there was a local Super Bowl ad? Because you know how those don't get shown nationally, but some law firm did a Super Bowl ad where they acted like they were hitmen in The Godfather, knocking off all of the insurance company mascots. You know that weird one with the emu? 
uh, the bird. They had that like an emu head in Just the guy's in bed. bed. Wow. Yeah, I mean it was it was pretty violent, but uh, like p- making the point that they've gone toe to toe with insurance companies and they'll do that for you too. But do you like goat troll or troll goat? Troll goat, trot. He's the trot. <laughs> gr- gr- trot, trot, grol, the grol. But I think just or you just goat. <laughs> greatest of all trolls <laughs> greatest of all trolls all right i like that too all right that is our sports brothers of the week let's uh keep it rolling with super bowl and and nfl stuff and just jump right into good tweet bad tweet because travis kelsey kansas city chief super bowl champion grew up always wanting to play hockey and wanting to win the stanley cup and imagining the day when he would get to drink out of the stanley cup you cannot drink out of the lombardi trophy though so or he so we thought instead calls it the Lombardi Luge where he just pours a beer down that little groove on that one side of the trophy and and I think he got the whole beer man why why has this not been a thing before I don't know I'm a little surprised it's not like he's the first one who's ever done a luge or anything so yeah I mean that had the but the luge in general of like the ice luges in college or whatnot like easily the for the passing of diseases, without a doubt, <laughs> oh, the worst thing. I mean, you're just yes. lips after lips after lips, and then everyone has cold sores th- the next day. Yes, yes. Uh, it's so We should think better of those things. But, it, yeah, but the, it's a great way to consume a beverage quickly, I guess. Gets it nice doubt. and cold as it hits you. I don't know if they chilled the trophy before that pouring be the beer down yeah, it. Yeah, put but, it in the freezer before you bring it out for the Lombardi Luge. Yeah, well, I, and so far, though... Because as far as trophy celebrations go, Stanley Cup's number one, right? Because a lot of that hits social media. Guys do some really fun, cool, interesting ideas with it. And every player gets, like, their time with it. I don't know if they do that with the Super Bowl trophy. I'm don't. i sure they do something similar. If all 50-whatever players and coaches and everybody else gets a week, I mean, there's not enough weeks in the year. But I think it's got to be maybe number two. I I think that and the Larry O'Brien trophy have to be, you know, 2A, 2B behind uh, the Stanley Cup. Obviously, the World Series trophy sucks. Yeah, yeah, you can't really do anything with that thing. No. I'm thinking. It's I've a got, paperweight. I've got no idea. It. It's a giant paperweight with flags. You could like, it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's whatever. Roll it down the, the road. I don't know. All right, we're out of ideas on that one. All right, bad tweet. Bad tweet was uh, the president. The president. <laughs> yeah, he, he it failed, no. failed middle school, junior high. Uh, elementary school geography. Yeah. Look, we're not a political podcast, so whatever you think about President Trump and and all of that, fine, whatever, keep that to yourself. But you cannot deny the guy has struggled with geography from time to time <laughs> on social media, and he did that again right after the Super Bowl, congratulating the Kansas City Chiefs and the entire state of Kansas, yeah, which... I- I feel like every sports fan knows they play in Missouri on the Missouri side of Kansas City. Yeah, and I, I guess Sporting KC does play on, you know, the MLS team does play on the Kansas side sure. of Kansas City. But it's always, I think it was like, you know, when you were a nerd in like second grade, you're like, yeah. hey, what's what <laughs> state's Kansas City in? Yeah. And the kid says, Kansas, no, you idiot. And like, because that's how you learned that Kansas City was actually in Missouri. Yeah, yeah, some whole fourth grader yes, made fun of you for it <laughs> exactly and then you know he did delete the tweet went back the great state of missouri but then i feel yeah. like the the chiefs fans in kansas are probably like what the hell about us yeah you know it should have just been and for everyone yes. in kansas and missouri or you know all chiefs kingdom you know yes. congratulations yes just you know stay away from geography if you're going to be president i guess 
Although you think that would be kind of important to know that one. All right. Um, that is good tweet. Bad tweet. We'll just keep is football going. over? Is, is football over? No, it's not. Oh, it will never be over. The XFL is here, <laughs> and we are here for it. Oh, wait. Real quick. Did you want to talk about your bad beat? Uh, we'll start with that. Yes. Since it is the Jenner Brothers. Yes. So I know there was uh, quite a few people who hopped on this wagon with me and took Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. over – on the rushing yards. It was anywhere range from 30 to 34. I think it probably closed around 34 yards. Yeah. Um, and so he got to 40 at one point. And late in the game, oh, all right, cash <laughs> that ticket, not paying attention, because I also took the Chiefs and the under, which both hit as well. So I'm feeling great. All right. It was, it was a good night. Yeah. Not realizing he lost 15 yards of rushing on the three kneel downs to end the game because he's trying to waste time, trying to waste time. He was not doing the one-yard kneel. If he did that, I would have cashed that ticket instead. Bad beat of the century. He goes down to 29 total yards. The under hits. Yeah, yeah. I saw a few people uh, talking about that one on social media. And uh, I I can tell you're tearing up again thinking about it. And That wasn't one of the bigger bets. So that was um, one of the other ones. That one, But that one, Wow. That just means I have to win everything back with our gambling degenerate brothers <laughs> segment on the XFL. It's it's the only useful reason to have the XFL around is to gamble on it and keep gambling on football, right? Exactly. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give Joe a 12 pack of beer of his choice uh, for winning the regular football, the college football, Hooray NFL me. Uh, degenerate brothers segment for the last few months, but now. Now it's really on. Can How I much just, do you can really I just say, though, football? I'm really surprised I won that. I'm a bit disappointed in myself. <laughs> I'll say that. It was a, it was a right. rough year on the college front, but uh, the NFL went all right. All right. Okay, so Jump we're going to start it. We're gonna start with the first game of the XFL. Mm-hmm. It's going to be on Channel 9. Our, it is going to be on, on Channel airwaves. 9. On our airwaves, 2 o'clock Saturday, the Seattle Sea Dragons <laughs> at the DC Defenders. For many of you, this may be your first time hearing the actual names of the teams. But yes, the Sea Dragons are taking their show across the country to the DC Defenders, where the Defenders, at last check, are favorites by six and a half points. Let's go game by game, and who are you going to take? Well, I, I definitely understand why they're six and a half point favorites. You look at the offenses and defenses <laughs> and coaching strategies, and it's it's very clear why DC is the favorite. I'm not going to expound upon that and insult the intelligence of our listeners. Um, but Who are you taking? <laughs> you know what? Sea Dragons. You're the Sea Dragons. The sea dragons. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cardell Jones is actually the quarterback of DC. And remember him? Yeah, from I Ohio, did. From Ohio third State. stringer yep. that won a national championship. Yeah. I learned from the Alliance last year. It's a quarterback-driven league. And coach. Coach and quarterback. Yeah. So which teams have legitimate <laughs> coaches and legitimate quarterbacks? And so I'm going to go with Cardell Jones, and I'm going to go with the D.C. defenders to cover the six-and-a-half-point spread. All right. You know, it's tough to travel all the way across the country in the XFL, too. It is. It is. Nobody we has ever so- <laughs> won a road game in the XFL going west coast to east coast. They haven't. They have not. We That's that you know for sure. Yes. All right, next up, uh, it's going to be uh, evening showdown between the Los Angeles Wildcats and the Houston Roughnecks. Throw out the record books when these two get together. Houston, a three and a half point favorite at home against 
former Tampa Bay Buccaneer linebacker Winston Moss <laughs> and his Los Angeles Wildcats. Yeah, Norm Chow is the offensive coordinator. I do like uh, that June Jones is the Roughnecks coach. If you don't remember June Jones, he was at Hawaii way back when they were like the Boise State of college football there for yeah. a moment. Because, um, I mean, they put up just a ton of points and, you know, they, they ran that type of offense that we see at Oregon and that kind of thing all over the place. I'm hoping he does the same thing there with the Roughnecks. So I'm going to I'm going to go Roughnecks. Riding Roughnecks. Riding I'm gonna, the Roughnecks. I'm going to take the dog and <laughs> you know they're not traveling all the way across the country. It's just well. from LA to Houston. Uh, so I don't think there will be that much jet lag to deal with and they have Josh Johnson as their quarterback, former Redskins and Bucks quarterback Josh Johnson who I believe was the number 1 overall quarterback pick from the AAF. Um, (laughs) of that legendary league from a year ago. I just remember when he was in Tampa with uh, Josh Freeman with the Buccaneers, and it was the Joshes. Yep. Yeah, what a a run they had together. (laughs) Championships. (laughs) Oh, not or not. No. Speaking of Tampa. Yes. Next up, Sunday, 2 o'clock, the Tampa Bay Vipers make their debut on the road at the New York Guardians. Tampa, the only road favorite of the weekend, coming in. Laying a point and a half. Who you got, Joe? Well, Jacquez Patrick, the big bad wolf, as we used to call him in high yeah. school football when he played here in Orlando. Um, a big fan of that guy. He, he's a good kid. Uh, he's worked really, really hard to keep his football career alive. So I, I don't know who will win, but I want him to win, and I want to be rooting for him. So I'm going to take the Vipers. So I'm also going to go with the Vipers, and I think because a lot of Florida guys on the roster, they didn't do the rosters exactly the same, but you have kind of some of that regional feel. Yeah. And we know football in the state of Florida, and that's why I'm taking the Vipers. It's a smart Despite pick. Despite the fact that Aaron Murray is there at quarterback, he had a real rough time with the Atlanta Legends last year in the Alliance. I just love We're talking about the Alliance and the <laughs> XFL. This is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Enough. All right. All right. <laughs> next, next up. Uh, we have the St. Louis Battle Hawks. Remember the video <laughs> game Battle Frogs? Names. Did you ever play Battle Frogs? I don't remember playing Battle Frogs. Uh, Google it. All right. Okay, St. Louis Battle Hawks, ESPN, 5 o'clock kickoff at the Dallas Renegades, home of Bob Stoops. Remember, this is where everyone thought, like, Stoopsy was pulling the old yep. switcheroo and he was going to leave the Renegades to go to Florida State. No, not so fast, <laughs> my friend. He is committed to the Renegades in the XFL, and they are the favorites to win the championship. Dallas is. Well, and we've already seen with the Alliance and Steve Spurrier that coaches who have had success in college tend to have success in the AAF, and that's where that sentence ends because that's all we (laughs) – for half a season. So I'm going to ride history as we know it and uh, go with the Renegades on this one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Bob the underdog. I, I think that this could be a stupid, stupid play. There's uh, a lot of talk out of training camp in St. Louis. Just some unrest at the quarterback position. Jordan Ta'amu from Ole Miss, the Hawaiian. You know, he's friends with Mackenzie Milton and Tuatago Vailoa, but maybe Nick Fitzgerald, the Mississippi State quarterback, could come in and start as well. So a lot of uneasiness, and I think that's why the line's a bit inflated. I think that... If you didn't know this, the XFL extra points, you can score one, two, or three. You could have a yeah. nine-point touchdown. I, I, I see a late backdoor nine-pointer for the yeah. Battle Hawks to cover that seven points. I could see that. And I think that is one of the most 
interesting reasons, relevant reasons to actually watch some of these games is to see how these rules play out. And you know the NFL will be because the last time XFL was around, they had some crazy rules too. Some of those ended up getting adopted into the NFL. So um, I'm curious to see their overtime that they're going to go with. Um, I, I don't want to explain the whole thing, but the, the you know it's starting like on the 25s, yeah. Or you start at the ten, yes, yes. And you get or the five, and you get five chances. That's right, and, and then, it's like best of how many do you get in the end zone? Right, and then the onside kicks they start at the twenty-five, and you have to get fifteen yards in one play, and if you do that, you get to keep the ball. So some of that stuff's going to be pretty crazy. I'm looking forward to watching a lot of that, and then um, not much else. Well, we have our picks on the line. Well, yeah, we have, a, we have a twelve yeah. pack of beer on the line. So uh, <laughs> to, to rehash, I'm taking DC. The L.A. Wildcats, the Vipers, and the Battlehawks. Yeah, like an idiot. I'm going to go with the <laughs> Sea Dragons, the Roughnecks, the Vipers, and the Renegades. And I just want to know who came up with these names, man, because they are fantastic. They are beautiful. And then next week, we're going to play a game where I'm going to list off a bunch of names, and Christian's going to tell me if that is a person who scored a touchdown in the XFL in week one. I can't wait. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. But before we get to that, we're going to get to our interview for this week's episode and it's with brad keselowski nascar champion getting ready for the daytona 500 coming up so enjoy this and we are now joined by the driver of the number two ford mustang brad keselowski and now father of two brad congratulations on on number two how are you sleeping and how are you managing two kids well uh, you know i'd like to say it's been rough but i'll be honest with you my wife is doing most of our quarters <laughs> so uh she's not sleeping uh, but i'm doing bad you know what i mean it had to be nice that the second child comes kind of in your off season a little bit, get to spend a little more time with them uh, before you, you ramp back up here and are starting to travel all over the United States again. I imagine that was a, a good timing for that. Yeah, I almost feel like I cheated, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, I'd like to say we planned it. I don't think you can plan those things. Uh, but, yeah, it is nice to be able to have this uh, this month or so of, of time with a you know, brand new baby and uh, to be able to enjoy those things as a family and without having to worry about the hustle and bustle of traveling to the racetrack and, and all those things. So uh, it's really a blessing. With all that going on, how are you gearing up? What, what's a driver doing in these weeks leading up to the Daytona 500 and speed weeks? So, you know, the preparation is, uh, you know, more on the team side than it is on the driver's side. They won't let me work on the cars. Uh, but the, the, the team is doing all the things they think they need to do to be competitive with respect to everything from the, the pit crew training at the highest level possible. And, uh, you know, then there's the uh, the car prep, which is, you know, getting every nut and bolt on that thing tested and, and twisted and all the things that those guys do. And uh, then, you know, on the uh, – regular preparation side that the team is uh, going through and kind of like uh, first day of school, you know, they get all their brand new uniforms and new pit boxes and all their little toys and try to be the best they can. And they're, they're getting all that stuff ready. So it's, it's an interesting time of the year. The Daytona 500 has been so elusive for so many of even the greatest drivers in the history of the sport. It took Dale Earnhardt 23 years to get his first 500. But then we've seen the last few years, guys who are rookies or in their first two, three, four, five years are winning this race. Why is it so difficult, though, for some of even the best of the best drivers to win the 500? Well, I think it's a combination of things. Uh, the combination is, you know, it's the first race of the year. So there's, you know, 
kind of the new team jitters that come out. And those create a lot of variables in the race. You know, those variables are multifold, but, you know, some of those new team kind of jitters that play themselves out on pit road and everywhere else, the car prep side, and and things can happen uh, that, uh, you know, makes where the race doesn't come together for you uh, and opens up opportunities for guys that you wouldn't think would be able to win the race to win the race. You mentioned that uh, the the new team jitters at the first of the year every year, and, and all the Penske cars are kind of new teams this year. You switched up all your crew chiefs. Uh, you go from Paul Wolf, who you were working with for the entire last decade, to now working with Jeremy Bullins. Uh, how, how much dr- input do drivers get in those types of decisions? I mean, a little, but not a lot. Um, and at the end of the day, I'm not sure we deserve a lot. You, you need to... <laughs> That's the, the reason why you have management teams so that they can stand back and look at 40,000 foot and, and make decisions uh, that are, you know, not based on emotions, that are based on facts and on what they think is going to be best. And, and you have to trust them to, to make those decisions. So um, sometimes I feel like uh, it's really a blessing to not have the burden of making those decisions. Was, was that tough or, you know, how do you go into this thing uh, with a new crew chief? Oh, it's really tough. I had a great relationship yeah. with my crew chief, Paul Wolf, and we did a lot together. We won, you know, 30-some races together at the cup level and, you know, probably almost a half dozen or more in the Xfinity level, two championships. Um, and, you know, then kind of poof overnight, that's gone. Yeah, that, it's tough. On the flip side, I, I think uh, all of Penske is, with all the changes that were made, not just that change, but with all the changes that are made, will be better and we'll all be better for it, so. I'm happy for him and happy for myself that we'll have the opportunity to be better for it. You grew up in a in a racing family. Your history is pretty well known there. But uh, was racing ever even like not an option in your mind, or was you know just because of the family and the environment you grew up in that was always going to be your your track? Yeah, no, it was definitely my only option. I think at one time, my dad told me, um, you know, if you want to go to college, go ahead and go, but I'm not paying for it. If you want to <laughs> get in the race, and I'll help you. So I'm like, all right. That's all I really needed to hear, Dad. <laughs> well, you, know. you don't want student loads. So. But, uh, no, we, yeah, no, it, it worked out. But, uh, no, I would say there was never, in my mind, another option. Uh, were you going to go to Michigan? Would that have been the choice? Uh, I don't think I was smart enough to get in there, I'll be honest <laughs> with you. Uh, but, uh, no, I, I don't know. I, I never got that far. I never let myself okay. think about it. But you are a Wolverines fan, is that correct? Oh yeah. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So, so what's that. what's your thought? We had we had the Wolverines down here. Unfortunately, yeah, they were beating Alabama for the first half. What are your thoughts on, on Coach Harbaugh right now? Well, you know, I mean, he's done some things that I thought were really impressive early on, um, and everything had to really come together to uh, to see the program kind of live up to potential. Um, but uh, you know, I think you got to stay positive and. Mm-hmm. and you know, at some point, you you dance with the girl you brought to the dance, and he's the girl that Michigan brought to the dance, and you got to see it through. It's tough with college football fans because, especially with these big programs, everybody thinks, like, my team should not just be competing for a championship. We should be winning championships every year with the pedigree we have, and, and Michigan's definitely one of those schools. So, you know, I, I just feel like it's hard for college football fans to, to keep perspective in things like that, whereas, like, in other sports – even in like NASCAR, fans know that you're not going to win every race, and they're okay with that. Just be competitive out there. Actually, that's really well said. Uh, <laughs> Thank every you. Every sport has its kind of 
unique uh, cliches. And college football, you know, I think in college football, you watch teams like Alabama go on a dominant run like they did. Um, and they're still very good, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But uh, you see them go on these runs like that. And I think that creates expectations uh, in the fan bases. And, you know, it, sometimes you just got to appreciate the good side and not get so depressed over when things aren't going the way. Just look at some of these other programs like yeah. Nebraska, I mean, Scott Farmer, where I was a teenager, Nebraska was, was the Alabama. Yeah. Um, you know, now they're, they're struggling to make it into bowl games. Um, you know, they were winning national championships left and right. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's easy to, to lose that perspective, just like you said. Yeah, Brad, I'm a Gator. So after Urban Meyer left, we went, I think we had a couple four-win seasons <laughs> with Muschamp and McElwain. So it, it can be tough, but I think we're headed back in the right direction, thankfully. Uh, on, on Saturdays, you got to have a cold beer. I want to know, with your sponsorship with Miller Lite and Miller Coors, do you have, like, the ultimate beer fridge in the house? Or uh, Joe brought up, maybe does the the truck just drop by your house when it stops by the, the grocery stores as well? Or how does that work for you? Yeah, I get a pallet of beer a month. Wow. Uh, which makes me very popular. Uh, <laughs> more popular than I deserve to be. With some of my friends and neighbors, uh, especially after that truck has stopped by. Uh, but uh, no, it's, it's good. We, we, we have a lot of fun with that. And, uh, you know, in, in the motorhome lot, we, we bring a few cases and hand them out to maybe some people that were friendly to us on the racetrack. and. Yes. Uh, you know, all those good things. All right. Well, we are at 490 East South Street in Orlando. <laughs> just, I'm just going to throw that out there for you. Um, <laughs> uh, social media, obviously a big thing for you, too. Are you on TikTok yet? No. Okay. No. Neither are we. We just we just feel, hear Every, that that's the thing. Everyone keeps telling us you got to be on TikTok, and I I don't know. I, I heard NASCAR is on it. I oh, watched a couple of videos I, I yesterday. Heard, I watched a couple of videos. I don't know what the hell I watching. <laughs> exactly. We're in the same way. Your, your tweets, though, the Juan Pablo Montoya tweet obviously went viral for a number of reasons. Uh, how much do you love the, the fact that you can interact with fans and that you can kind of put your thoughts out there and you have this voice when you don't need a microphone in front of you uh, with Twitter? Well, you know, it's good and it's bad. The, the good part is everybody has a voice. The bad part is everybody has a voice. <laughs> um, so, you know, you try, to, you try to, you know, understand the strengths and the weaknesses. Um you know, because quite frankly, there's a reason why in, in decades past, and you find this out very quickly, some people never had a voice because some people have a lot of really crappy things to say. <laughs> um, and so you got to just kind of shrug that off and, uh, you know, respect the fact that at the end of the day, you, you can't make everybody happy. Um, and, um, you know, you, you try to do what's right uh, and, and live by that. So I feel that's it. how I do it. Yeah, I feel like uh, okay. at least at the you know when we go to the races at Daytona and everything, the, the fans are just so excited to be there and so happy to to have the access to the drivers. And that's something I tell people about NASCAR that that I enjoy is unlike any other sport, you go to an event, you have access to the drivers. You can get autographs. You can be down there close to the cars pre-race and all that. Do Do you feel like that environment leads to just more enjoyable fan bases for you guys? No, not particularly. I mean, I, I do like that. There's a lot of access. I think that is very cool uh, and very unique about our sport. Uh, but I, I think that it's not something that I don't think it 
extremely valuable. Um, you know, I, I think it's kind of the norm in sports nowadays. You, you look at some of these baseball stadiums, football stadiums that are built where, you know, you can practically shower with players. Uh, I, I think it used to be more special to NASCAR. Nowadays, it's kind of commonplace. Um, not that you can shower with a player, so you get what I'm saying. <laughs> if um, you have enough money, you can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll stop right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't answer um, that. <laughs> But with that in mind, it's, uh, you know, access used to be the biggest selling point, I think, since we're doing NASCAR right now. I think it's kind of the mainstay in sports. Uh, there's a little more access still in NASCAR than there used than in other sports. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, that access is great. Don't get me wrong, but what matters more is that like, you have a great experience from, the, you know, as uh, a, a racetrack motor once said to me, the three T's, uh, uh, you get great tickets where you can see a great event. Uh, you don't have to fight traffic, and there's good toilets to use. The three T. <laughs> I like I think that. that's still the most important thing. That, that's good. That's why they did the major renovation to Daytona International Speedway. The yeah. toilets are nice. I, I did check those out. Uh, Brad, my last question for you. I think the, yeah, Academy, yeah, yeah. the, the Academy Awards are coming up, and we saw you in Sharknado 3. Are there any more movie appearances in your future? Yeah, I would like to say yes. Uh, I haven't had anything come in front of me lately, but, uh, you know, I, I feel like I did a pretty good job in the movies I was in. I, I was going to ask how you felt about your performance in Sharknado, if you had any uh, self-criticisms or anything like that, but it sounds like you're pretty happy with it. Yeah, you know, it, it was just shy of an Emmy, uh, <laughs> but, you know, that's okay. What, what's your favorite okay. racing I, movie, I, sorry? I, I, uh, it's a documentary, so it's kind of nerdy. Uh, but uh, Santa, oh, have you seen the movie Santa? We haven't, but now no. we'll have to watch that's and review. We just reviewed the Aaron Hernandez documentary, but that's probably a little different than uh, the one you're telling us to watch. Yes. Yeah, well, they're the same, but uh, oh. you know, I haven't. Uh, intrigued. We are intrigued <laughs> now. All right, yeah, we'll have to check that one out. Okay, uh, I guess my last question for you. I'm always interested in things that athletes do, like superstitions or routines, and the things that non-athletes don't do in life. You got anything like that, any of those? Oh, yeah, a bunch, but I can't tell you. Those are my secrets, man. <laughs> <laughs> They're the reason he's won so much. Yeah, okay, all right, fair enough. Yeah, I, if I told everybody, then I'd be average again. <laughs> well, well, let me ask it this way. Are, are you like a superstitious guy? Do you believe that like if you put on your left sock uh, first on, on race day that that's going to give you more success? Or do you dismiss some of that? Or What's your mindset with that kind of stuff? I believe in preparation. I believe in detail. Uh, I believe in work ethic. Uh, and all that stuff sounds cliche, but it's true. That's what least the success in life in my opinion and, and that's what I focus on so uh, no I don't get caught up in socks and underwear or any of that kind of stuff I just get caught up in you know crap and work and all those things I feel like that's what wins and makes success on racetrack and all perfect Brad when you, uh, when you make your way down to Daytona you may have two guys just hanging out trying to s snag a few of those beers that you brought down with you yeah it'll be us they shouldn't get that. Oh, yeah. They're, they're coming in the car hauler, but uh, don't tell Roger. All right. Perfect. <laughs> Brad, well, thanks for your time, and uh, we appreciate it, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Yeah, good luck at Daytona. Okay. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.
All right, so a great conversation with Brad Keselowski. Learned a lot there, and that's what we try to do with these interviews. We try to educate you about some of these guys, but he's got to be one of the favorites to win the championship again this year and is clearly one of the biggest names left in the sports after all the retirements they had. But uh, my favorite part of the interview, dude gets a pallet of beer every single month. I, how I how do you even go through? I, like, I don't have enough neighbors and friends that would come take enough of that that I wouldn't just be, like, finding new places in my garage to store it. Yes. Yes, you have like a bunker that's ready for every Super Bowl party. It's <laughs> yeah. ready to celebrate if you win another NASCAR championship. You have everyone over. I mean, you are. You're you're the house that everyone comes to hang out at for Sunday afternoons, Saturday evenings yeah. for college football Saturdays, you know. You're the spot. All right, so you get and a pallet okay of beer, it. but you only get one beer on that entire pallet to drink for the rest of your pallet life. I've got a lot of like random local brewery ones yeah, that, that I, tough. I've got. But if we want to go more, really loving some stouts lately. Mm, interesting. The J Dubs Bell Cow Milk Chocolate Porter <laughs> is delicious. But could you drink that year round? Is that it? Like, like that's not like a midsummer high heat beer. Yeah, yeah. You probably don't want that out on the patio when it's like yeah. 90 degrees. But that would be a good cold weather taking a hot shower beer. Oh, it's a great shower beer. <laughs> it is a, and I, right. if I can speak from experience, but I think, I think maybe if I'm just going like mainstream, larger brewery, the Sierra Nevada Hazy IPA is a, uh, is a pretty solid one. Yeah, I do like that one. Um, I would go with Dogfish Head's 90 Minute IPA. Have just you had because that you one? want the exclusive, like th- it doesn't come out very often, right? No, it's, I think it's out year round now. It used to be more exclusive, oh, but a, they, had it, they had it on the cruise ship that I was just on. Uh-huh. And the cruise ship had a bunch of different bars dedicated to different types of drinks. So there's a mojito bar, there was a whiskey bar, and then there was just a brew house that had about 20 different beers on tap. Guess where I spent the cruise? <laughs> Those yeah, three yeah. places. Nice. Just yeah. circ- circling. Yeah. Yeah, it was Perfect. awesome. All right, you want to wrap it up with some dad jokes? I think I do. You want me to go first? Go for it. Why was the basketball court wet at the end of the game? Why? Because the players dribbled all over it. Wow. (laughs) Why was my nickname in college the love machine? (laughs) Why? I sucked at tennis. Oh. Do I get that? Love is zero. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're yep. welcome. I'm moving a little slow on my uh, tennis yeah, jokes today. Too many, too many uh, hits of the old... Uh, <laughs> Spent too much time in the brew house. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I also learned that I'm a huge fan of Manhattans and Old Fashions. I like Old Fashions. I, I don't never had a Manhattan. It, really great with a rye whiskey. I went and picked up a rye whiskey, got a recommendation from the guy at the liquor store today. Did you bring it in? Well, to m- share? <laughs> Next week. Okay. All right. That's it. Thanks for uh, listening. Don't forget to watch on the WFTV YouTube page and go like and subscribe and share it with all your friends and family because they love us too. At least we hope. See ya. Bye.